Northern Illinois, Southern Wisconsin, and Eastern Rockford Diocese. You're back with the Deacons Roundtable on WSFI 88.5 on your FM dial. We are very happy to be here this month. We have with us Deacon Jim Miner from Prince of Peace in Lakeville, Illinois. We have us with us as always. We have Mike Alandi from Our Lady of Saint Mary of the Annunciation. You know, it's still Our Lady, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> in one line, uh, Fremont Center, Freeport Center, what do they call it? One line or Fremont something center, yes. And of course, Deacon Dave uh, Egan, formerly of Victor Lakes, and now ministering in Tennessee in a missionary journey throughout the state of uh, Tennessee. So, welcome to the show. We're glad you guys are here. Thank you. And uh, we would like to begin with a prayer. So, Dave, if you would lead us. Let's begin as we begin all things. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you, God, for being with us. Help us walk our Lenten journey so that we can become closer to you and see you and all the people who we meet and interact with. Lead us to our Easter joys so we can praise you even more. We ask this in Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. I would be remiss. I also uh, forgot to say that Deacon Eric is not here this month. Uh, his wife is under the weather, so uh, we hope that he and his family uh, get off that cruise ship in Japan and uh, get get healed from the coronavirus or whatever is going on in, Ken- in Kenosha these days. But uh, not a joking matter, but I guess people are getting better, so we can have a little fun with it. And, uh, of course, we salute Abby for sending out some medication for trying to... Uh, uh, try to deal with that that uh, that crisis. So, Deacon Jim, welcome. We're glad you're here. Thank you. You Thanks came for... a long way here to uh, from Lakeville. <laughs> from Lakeville, yep, yeah, not too far. So, so. Uh, for people who don't know too much about uh, your background or or, or uh, one of the things that the, the boss over there on the other side of the glass, she always likes to hear vocation stories. And and uh, what got you into being Deacon Jim? Well, um, I was. Um, I've always been involved in ministry in one form or the other. Um, of course, during my adult life, um, I um, right out of college, I worked in the corporate world probably for about five years, and I just felt a call at that point for ministry. And so we moved up to Round Lake Beach, and I was looking for a parish, and I found. Prince of Peace right down the street um, and they were looking for religious education teachers and so I just I volunteered to do um, seventh grade religious education at that time Um, and then as we were going along as I got more and more involved in the parish as the parish was growing from a country parish to more of a a suburban parish um, I became involved in youth ministry and I was the youth minister for the parish And so one day um, we were sitting around at a staff meeting and our pastor had gotten the letter from the archdiocese about surfacing names for the diaconate. Was this Father Janos or before him? This was Father Janos. And um, so we were looking for, they were looking for names for the diaconate to go into formation and everyone at the table looked at me. (laughs) And so that was my kind of my call um, to the diaconate. I had not really thought about it before that time. So what year Um, is this? This was probably around 2004. Um, so um, I, I discerned for a while, and I thought, well, I'll go ahead and put my application in. And I put my application in and went through um, formation, and I was ordained in 2009. Um, at that time, I was still the youth minister at the parish, um, so I worked in youth ministry. That was my day job. Um, and um, after that, then after ordination, after I was ordained about three years, they were looking for someone at the parish to move into the pastoral services part of things. So I work now in the as the director of pastoral services at the parish. So how is that uh, 
for most of our deacons, I would say, if it's fair, um, we have a vocation outside the parish, mm -hmm. and we're there. We, we have weekend duty and mm -hmm. evening duty, right? Mm -hmm. um, you have full time duty. <laughs> <laughs> full time duty and then some. So at, at, at so times. So how does that? Uh, how does that affect your ministry versus you know where you're working as a as a employee? working as a minister do you try to keep that separate do you keep it together how does that work for you i usually kind of try to keep it together i look you know i look at i've never really looked at the the job that i have at the parish as a job i've i've always looked at it as a ministry i've always looked at it as a a way that i can serve god and and so um you know i was very grateful um for my wife actually because she had the job that kind of made the money um and so i was able to go and and be involved in ministry um, even though you know the, the pay is not there sometimes but um, we definitely you know I, I, I felt called to ministry and so um, even though you know I, I do work for the parish I, I look at it as a ministry and so um, that's kind of the way it is when you work for the parish is that that's is that outside of a diaconal role or are Mavishing you're always a deacon thank you uh, you know hot ticket everyone else who tells you that right but you know is do you have the the uh, I don't want to say secular hat, but the the real job hat on, and then a, a deacon hat, or how, how does you know? How it do you all keep kind it of. It, it, I really don't keep it separated. I do have you know, like all deacons do. We all have our ministerial agreements that we have with the parish, and mine happens to be in the field of evangelization. So that's just one part of the whole the whole thing that I do at the parish. Um, but the other the other so, things so that I do. So people who are listening probably don't know about ministerial agreements. Mm -hmm. so we should probably talk a little bit about that. I'm sure it's the same in all dioceses, but in Chicago we signed a three year plan. Mm -hmm. Yep, and we. We discuss that with the pastor. We report to the bishop, but we also work with the pastor. The pastor is in charge of his parish, so we have to, to coordinate with him, obviously. Uh, being here today at WSFI is outside of my ministry agreement. It's something I do in ministry for the love of Christ, but, but, but not as part of being a St. Raphael. But um, So we sign a three-year agreement, or, or and it gets renewed, and blah, 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 blah. So is your ministry agreement, do you have a separate ministry agreement that outlines your ministry that's on part of your job or is it are they tied together they're kind of tied together um since my my diaconal ministry is evangelization you know evangelization delves into many other ministries not just evangelization itself being separate so um so it is kind of just what, all what together what does that mean evangelization well that's kind of a big generic term it is it mean? is what's just your day job jim Come on, <laughs> <be honest. laughs> so we're just kind of just reaching out to people reaching out to people who are are no you know no, no longer come to mass no longer come to church but also um, evangelizing from within so you know serving people um, meeting them where their needs are meeting them where they are um, as far as where they are in their faith journey and and just you know servicing their needs that whatever that whenever they come to the parish reaching out to people who don't go to church anymore how do you how do you go about that well we have um, at our parish we have uh, a kind of a unique thing we have what are called home masses and so during the summer months we go and we go out to the various neighborhoods in our geographical boundary of the parish and 
we actually do a home mass. So we we've set up in driveways, we've set up um, um, you know in in people's backyards, and we we encourage then the people not only in the parish but also um, you know the people that live in that home to invite their neighbors, even non-Catholics, um, because you never know you know you never know who might be in their neighborhood. There might be someone who is kind of um, you know kind of looking for a parish home. That's neat. Yeah. Is this, uh, d- does the Archdiocese know that you're doing masses in the neighborhood, or are you bringing a priest? Or is it We're a- bringing a priest. <laughs> We're bringing a priest, yes. Our pastor is the one that we, they, they alternate. Um, there's actually, we, one of our home masses was actually done in the middle of Deep Lake, um, one of the lakes up in the age area here, and they brought a bunch of boats together. They tied the boats together, and our pastor did miss. Did you bring out bus. a net? Did you catch any fish? Oh, we didn't get no, no, we didn't catch any fish. So. I've seen that in the movie. Yes, <laughs> that's kind of a neat program. It is. It is. Is uh, any resistance in that program when you're in the neighborhood? Or? Not really. Not really. Um, and then after the mass is over, um, we have a big meal, and you know people. People come together and they 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 have a great time together and they people get to know their neighbors and you know so if if there's a an invitation you know to, to come to mass the following weekend at the church um, that's where it happens. So how how successful would you say that program is? I think it's very successful. We have um, we've had a number of uh, families come to our school. We've had a number of people that um, start coming to Mass and start make Prince of Peace their spiritual home. So it's been very successful. So how do you choose which homes to go to? We rotate all around the parish. So what we've done is we've kind of targeted people that are active in the parish, and we say, would you be willing to host a home Mass? And we get... You know, we get a list of, together, and we kind of just rotate through the various neighborhoods of the of the parish. So, so we've been doing this about three years now. Do the deacons go in, clean the house, and then they get it going, and, and then they are yep. ready for the mass. We're ready to serve. Uh, so cook, we cooking the meals, yep, and yep. doing the laundry. <laughs> so maybe a birthday could be a reason for people to come over for the mass. And absolutely. How long have you been doing this program? Well, it's about three years now. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. It is. That's cool. So and. Uh, we also, actually, I know because of, of a mutual interest, a spiritual direction. How's that going for you? It's going very well. I'm now a certified or a spiritual director, so now certified. Um, so I'm seeing a number of people, but um, it's 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 been going very well. So do, I went do, to the Franciscan Spirituality Center up in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Do you find a parish? I don't want to say receptive, understanding what spiritual direction is. I think that's one of the challenges in our area is that. Um, people don't really know what spiritual direction is. How I think, do you, how do you show, teach I think that? that really is a challenge. I think that, um, you know, people think that spiritual direction is just for clergy um, or just for holy people. Um, and I think that that's one of, one of my goals, at least in the spiritual direction side of my ministry, to go and actually to kind of educate people and say, you know, spiritual direction would be a good thing for you, would be a good, you know, so I've done, um, we've done busy person retreats um, where we, you know, have people that they don't have to actually come for a retreat experience, but we put together a daily reflection for them, and then they have the option of coming and meeting with a spiritual director. Um, We're also looking into possibly doing some group spiritual direction, so um, just to kind of get the word out to kind of say, hey, you know, this is spiritual direction would be good for you. How many spiritual directors are operating out of your parish? Are you the only one? I'm the only one. The yeah. only one. The, the, okay. the, and the, obviously the two priests can do spiritual direction. Elaborate so. a little bit on that group spiritual direction. What 
What exactly? I'm sorry. How did you mean by that? Well, the group spiritual direction, we would bring people together um, and, you know, we would pick a theme. So, for example, you know, we're in the year of Matthew now, so we can bring people together and we can talk about some aspects of the gospel of Matthew, maybe the Beatitudes, you know, and we can say, okay, we'll, we'll delve more deeply into that, but not necessarily from a catechetical point of view or an edge, you know, exegesis, but a more spiritual side. You know, what was Jesus really talking about when he, he was talking about blessed are those who are mourned from a spiritual point of view? And they can reflect on their own spiritual journey about what that means to them. And then they would have the option of meeting with, with me as a spiritual director at some other point in time. Mm-hmm. At their house when you're serving food? Yes, preferably. Yes, yes. So one of the things I, I, I you know, I, when I saw you today, I was, I, I was making fun a little bit about uh, Prince of Peace, a great parish, um, but you guys have like 200 deacons, <laughs> and I always talk about the Deacon Softball League because <laughs> between you, you and St. Saint, uh, Saint Paul and St. And Saint Pat's, you, there's a legion out there. There is. We have five deacons and two in formation, so. So, so. Um, which is wonderful. I'm glad to hear we have more Deacon Brothers, by all means. Um, how do you keep from tripping over yourself, each other? Well, we're, we're um, you know, we, we don't really trip over each other. Um, we work together. You know, we, um, we have what are called clergy meetings once a month with our pastor and the associates. So we get together um, faithfully once a month and talk about things that are going on in the parish. Um, we don't, we're, the deacons in our parish are not, very, are not territorial as far as their ministry goes. So, you know, I'm, I'm helping the, uh, one of the other deacons is actually the director of religious education. And, you know, I help him in religious education. He helps me and my funeral ministry or bereavement. And, you know, we kind of, you know, kind of pick up for each other when we're able to. And so, you know, we're, we're not territorial. We, you know, we're all, all in this together. So. And you have a great pastor who supports you. Absolutely. I was going to say in your parish, okay. You're completely territorial, right, Deacon Greg? I try not to be. But, uh, <laughs> he's the only. He's, he's the, the only, only one. No, we, yep. we have a business manager who's uh, who helps during the week, and Deacon Peter. But uh, he's not there on weekends. He's back at his other parish on, on weekends. But certainly, we're all deacons of the Archdiocese of Chicago. So if there's a, a, a something ongoing during the week, I might not be there, but Deacon Peter would be there. And, uh, of course, Deacon Jim can come over from Prince of Peace. You know, we're not just at whatever parish we're at. Um, we've had some deacons come over and help at, mm-hmm. at uh, several times at St. Raphael, sometimes cover RCIA and things like that. Um, with as many deacons as they have, I think they'd come mow the lawn or something. <laughs> for what you're doing. So I think that's cool that, that, you, that you have so many deacons and that you have a, a pastor that, that supports having, having diaconates. So we like to encourage everyone in, in our audience, if you're thinking about it, it's a wonderful vocation. Go talk to a deacon. Go talk to the pastor. Um, there is plenty of stuff to do. Deacons do a little bit of everything. If there's an interest out there, surely we can we can find more for you. It's a wonderful ministry. Or it's a wonderful ministry when our wives support us. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and we can't do it without our wives by by at all. But. Um, you know, if, there, if there's an interest in homeless, interest in anything, there, there's a ministry that a deacon can, can, can work on. This is Dave Egan. One of the things that I would, uh, as a follow-up with your comment, I would actually argue that the more deacons you have in the parish, the more you can take the gifts of the parish out into the real world. And that's what we're called to do as deacons. 
So, so what, Dave, when you were at uh, St. Pat's, you guys had a, a full baseball team. How many guys did you have in your heyday? Um, at one point, I think we had seven deacons. So, so bits of um, pieces coming but, up on you. I'm so yeah. So, but, but one of the benefits of that, for like my example, my first year after ordination, I worked with Catholic charities and and people who were HIV positive and had AIDS. At the time, it was a death sentence to have that. Generally, I realistically not worked in a in the parish uh, for most of my diaconate career. I've always been outside. I think it's important that to know that certainly in the priest shortage, there's more for deacons to do. But it, even if there was not a pre-search shortage, there would be lots for deacons to do. So, you know, the diaconate is a defined role. It's not many priests. It's not there. To, I mean, there are several, several things that only a priest can do. There are several things that deacons don't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that they, they should be a complementary ministry by all means. Mm-hmm. And, and it sounds like that's the way it is at, at Prince of Peace. It is, for sure. So, so if your pastor's not listening, what would you have to say about that? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's so you, a good guy. So you've been... Uh, deacon for uh, 11 years 11 years yeah uh, what's changed in that time um, not really much I don't think um, you know I I, I I've noticed um, especially in our area I mean you've kind of <laughs> definitely made the point that you know we definitely have a lot of deacons up in this area of, of Illinois um, I'd like to see I you know I hear from some of my classmates they're like you Greg where they're Kind of, you know, by themselves in a parish, and you know, it it seems like they're, you know, they they seem that they see that there's a lot to do, um, but you know, they they there's just not enough time in the day for them to do everything that needs to be done, and so it's just very important, I think, that we cultivate the vocation, and we cultivate more and more men to, you know, consider the diaconate, you know, from from other parts of the diocese. So that you still have center field and right field open, <laughs> yeah. and uh, so what? It, what? Uh, what's 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 not being covered in your parish that you'd like to see covered? Well, you know, we we kind of we we just kind of look and see. Um, at this point in time, I don't think there's there's really anything that I can say off offhand. Um, you know, we just did start a domestic violence ministry in our parish so you know we're beginning that but that was a need that you know that we kind of responded to so at our parish we kind of just respond to the needs as they come along very cool we're talking with jim minor deacon of uh, the archdiocese of chicago and is currently assigned at prince of peace in lake villa and we are coming up uh, uh at the end of our first segment here uh please stay tuned to our uh, our important commercials and we'll be with you shortly Looking to spend some quality spiritual time this Lent? Learn the Ignatian method of discernment. Go to the March 21st day of reflection led by Deacon Greg Webster, Ph.D. of St. Raphael the Archangel Catholic Church in Old Mill Creek, Illinois, and host of WSFI 88.5 FM's Deacon's Roundtable. Saturday, March 21st, 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. at St. Benedict's Abbey in Bennett Lake, Wisconsin. Make Holy Week come alive for you again. Retreat includes lunch, mass, and an opportunity for reconciliation. The cost is only $30 per person. Sponsored by Catholic Financial Life and WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Register online at wsficatholicradio.org. Space is limited. Catholic Financial Life members can use the retreat benefit for this reimbursement. 
Jesus cured a man who was deaf and dumb. The Navarre Bible notes are instructive. Jesus worked a miracle to show the saving power of his human nature. Christ opens our ears to hear his Father. We get salvation through the sacraments. According to Mark, Jesus told people to be silent about three miracles. The curing of a man with leprosy, the raising of a little girl from death, and the curing of a deaf and dumb man. Jesus wanted people to come to his mission in light of death on the cross. The people were like Edith Bunker. They could not stifle themselves or dummy up. As we got towards Christmas, one of the parishioners suggested, why don't we take out an ad on the local radio station? I have to say, I really didn't have an awful lot of optimism about it. But I was well advised. We went and we cut a little message. Once it started playing, I began to hear from the Catholics in the parish about how great this was that we're out there, how great this was that, that we are showing signs of life, how great this is to encourage us who are here in the parish already. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. We are back in the Deacon's Roundtable at 88.5 on your FM dial, WSFI Catholic Radio. Talk with Deacon Jim Miner from Prince, Prince of Peace Parish in Lake Villa, Illinois. And uh, one of the things we asked Jim to come in and talk about today was the Exodus 90 program. Because when we saw him a month or two earlier, he was just talking about it. We saw what a cool program. So what is it? Why did it start? And what's going on there? So one of the things that um, we, we kind of have identified in our parish um, is that we have our men go through, our men and women go through what we call CHIRP or the Christ News is Parish program. Um, but they were kind of looking for something afterwards. And so they were looking for a program that would kind of help their spirituality as kind of a follow-up. And we have a great program in our parish for the women. It's called Grace-Filled Women, but there really wasn't anything for men. And so our director of religious education, Deacon James Even, um, he had the Exodus 90 program come across his desk one day, and he thought, oh, that might be something that we might do. And instead of putting it out to the entire parish initially, he went around the office and he asked staff people if they'd be willing to kind of get on board. And so um, he asked me about it, and I said, sure, I'd, I'd give it a try. Um, and so um, myself, Deacon um, James Even, Deacon Mark Weiss, um, and then our youth minister, Tom Nagelhout, um, he, they kind of, we kind of formed our own fraternity. Um, and then at that point, he said, well, why don't we do, why don't we put it out to the entire parish? And we had a couple men from our parish that um, were interested, and so they jumped on board. So we so created what, a what furniture. What did you tell 
show them it was, though? What did you put out there? So we basically put out there that, um, you know, it was a program to kind of deepen your spirituality, to kind of deepen your relationship with Christ, um, to kind of go through a program, a 90-day program that would kind of help you in that relationship and kind of free you from the whole idea of the exodus is to kind of free you from some of the things of the world. So freeing you from being on social media, freeing you from being on your phone, freeing you from going and watching sports all the time, freeing you from, you know, not exercising, not taking care of yourself, but also, you know, to kind of help with the area of prayer where you can kind of, you know, pray and maybe do a holy hour every day and do an examine at the end of the day and things like that to kind of so, so you're, you're selling a men's program to stop men from watching sports what kind of radical are you here are you, what are you selling here <laughs> that's for sure it's it you know there were there were a, a, a number of men um but i think for men i think you know it's it's just important to realize that you know we're looking as men sometimes we're looking for something that's a little bit more sturdy that's a little bit more you know more disciplined you know a little bit more structured and i think that that's what appealed to the people people in the parish with this Exodus 90 program. Yeah, the White Sox are finally good here, dude. I'm going to start watching them. So. <laughs> well, I tell you, when I was going through it, you know, it was it was towards the end of the baseball season. We started on September 25th, and that meant that I could not watch the World Series this year. Uh, so um, it was a little difficult. Well, watching so. the Bears last couple of years doesn't need a man to prayer, that's for sure. So, so who, who does this, this Exodus 90 program? Who's, who's it from? Um, it I think it comes from uh, a man by the name of Nathaniel Biversey. Um, he was the one that kind of designed it. Um, and basically what it is, is it, it goes for 90 days um, that, and it goes through the reflections on the book of Exodus. And so there are four pillars and the four pillars are the first pillar is actually the 90 days. And then there, the second pillar is prayer. So you kind of devote yourself an hour a day um, every day to some form of contemplative prayer. Some form, so you do a holy hour before the Blessed Sacrament, or you do prayer in church, or prayer for yourself. And then you do an examine at the end of the day to kind of review your day to kind of see where the movement of God is in your life. And so you increase your prayer life by that way. And the second way is the asceticism. And the asceticism is kind of like what we were kind of talking about a few minutes ago. Um, so you're talking about giving up sports and giving up social media and giving up computer usage except for work and paying bills and things like that. So do you give up all these things or just do you decide nope. like a list or is it just cold turkey? Or? Cold turkey, okay. you give up all of them. Um, and then another major thing that we've talked about before when we I was telling you about this program is the cold showers. So you take a cold shower <laughs> in the morning, um, a short cold shower, believe me. So, <laughs> um, well, What's that for? <laughs> well, just again, just to kind of structure yourself and say, yes, I can do this that this is something that I'm giving up for God. I'm giving up the comfort of a hot shower in the morning, you know. Um, And then there are, you know, abstaining from television, um, abstaining from video games, abstaining from making major purchases. You know, sometimes, you know, we say that we can just go out and buy whatever we want. So abstaining from a major purchase. I want my wife in this program. (laughs) (laughs) Good thing she doesn't listen. Um, And then abstaining from sugar. So abstaining from... From you know sugary drinks, ex- abstaining from you know things of that nature. So eating healthy and 
exercising for an hour a day. Um, so those are some of the, the parts of the asceticism. And I can tell you that the men that went through this, um, you know, they were, you know, all of a sudden when they weren't drinking the six cans or five cans of pop a day and they were eating the sweets, you know, you could see that the weight was starting to drop off. And, you know, they were saying, oh, this is pretty good, you know. But we heard about a bunch of grumpy deacons at that uh, <laughs> Lake Villa for the last, last year that I was going to do there. So, so yeah. where are you with the 90 days? Have you completed We're the 90 com- days? We've complete, we completed the 90 days actually on Christmas Day. Um, and then there is a follow-up. It's called Day 91. And so our fraternity that we had two men that dropped off from our fraternity now, but um, we have a fraternity of four that is continuing with the 90 days. Now, the asceticism part is a little bit relaxed. Um, so um, we're supposed to refrain, for example. Define relaxed. You already scared me with what <laughs> you've been talking about already. So, we're, you know, for example, we're talking about phone usage. You know, you're supposed to abstain in, in Exodus 90. You're abs- supposed to abstain from texting and you know but now we can you know we can text and we can do those types of things but we're not supposed to be doing it in front of anyone else you know so you know so if you get together with your family you know you kind of see sometimes people are always texting and they all have their phones out well you know they're they're looking to get you to kind of spend time with and be present to the person that you're with you know? so in 2020 how did you spend not text for 90 days well it was difficult it was I difficult. mean just I mean you receive a lot of te- texts could you reply to them or if they were business to? related if they were business related yeah so or or the wife from the wife yes yes so if it was from the wife or it was from you know one of my children or something like that but you know unusual you know unusual texting or texting that you know really shouldn't be doing you know just to so oh, snap, you know snapchat had to snapchat go snapchat huh? had to ah. go yes facebook had you to go you guys are radicals you know. <laughs> i don't know how you guys did this <laughs> yeah. and then the the other major part of it is the fraternity um so we would gather together once a week for half an hour as kind of a check-in time to kind of see how things were going with everyone so we would talk about you know our week and talk about where we were struggling with it um, and then so talk, also talk about that a little bit. Tell us a little bit about the struggles we would expect in this program. Well, I mean, some pe- some of the men were struggling definitely with the asceticism part. You know, they were talking about you know having to give up food or having to give up you know some of the sweets that they've they've had. Um, some of the men were actually talking about um, you know some of the the maybe the addictions that they had. You know, so maybe you know going in gambling or going in you know going in drinking or something like that. They had to kind of give up that so you know people we would, would sit and kind of talk about the, those struggles so now that your parish is mormon on, uh, in lake villa the catholics in lake villa you're welcome to go to st rachel the archangel and old milk creek if you don't want to be mormons anymore um so you're past that now right we are. We're past the 90 days. Would um, you do it again? I would definitely do it again. And, you know, to be honest with you, many of the uh, many parts of the asceticism I've continued with. Um, so, you know, it becomes a discipline and it becomes a way of life. It's not something that you're just doing for the 90 days. Like, you know, we're, we're entering into Lent soon. And, you know, a lot of times people will say, well, I'm going to do this for 40 days. But then Easter Sunday comes around and they're Amen, right, back, they're Amen, right back to the way they were. So, 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 so you t- you're killing my sport. <laughs> now you're killing my holidays. This is real exciting here. <laughs> <laughs> so we actually have another group that's going through now. Um, so as this was going on, um, you know, and we were kind of talking about it and talking about 
about what we were doing, there was a little bit of interest that was being built by some of the men in the parish. And they said, oh, we'd love to get involved in this. And so they started a few weeks back. They're in day 37 now. Um, and they will end on Easter Sunday. So, so, so Certainly what you're talking about is no easier for a deacon or any clerk than what you're than what you're uh, than, than the average person in, mm-hmm. in the pew by any means but we kind of predisposed to the mindset if you, if you will now you have a bunch of guys that that are less disposed to the mindset we all should be we're baptized catholics right yada yada <laughs> but um did you find that group starting up more challenged or were they more eager or was it a how how was the experience different well it's the i think the experience is different for everyone you know there were you know we all went through our ups and downs during the course of that 90 days you know there were some of us that dove right into it and we were getting involved in the asceticism and we were doing some things and and then all of a sudden we would get to week three or week four and there would be like a little lull and you know you would kind of start slipping back a little bit and and you would need your fraternity and your anchor that's that was another part of the fraternity part is that you're paired up with an anchor so another man in the group that you kind of check in with every day so they kind of say okay well how are you doing today you know um, and then and then you're honest you know you're brutally honest with them so if you said well yeah I had that that Christmas cookie you know when my wife was baking cookies you know I was so. gonna say Jim here at WSFI it's kind of like a confessional here so, uh, <laughs> so what, are, why you, what was some of the things what was the hardest thing for you the hardest thing for me um, actually was giving up the social media part oh, really um, oh. yeah um, I'm a big Facebook and Twitter person and so um, social media it was more was harder than chocolate <laughs> It was harder than chocolate. Yes, yeah. Sometimes I don't know who you are, Jim. <laughs> you have to tell them ahead of. Did you have to tell them ahead of time you'd be refraining from? the social media I did I did so you go on Facebook and you say well you know I'm gonna be off for 90 days or you know so but you know I, I have to tell you you know over that period of time it was just very important that you know that I kind of noticed um, you know that I wasn't getting involved in all the political discussion that was going I thought on you unfriended me Jim I didn't know you were in this program so. Yeah. so Angela could you give up Facebook for 90 days I could could you give up Matt for 90 days no. <laughs> <laughs> Could you give up WSFI for 90 days? Uh, I'd have to pray on that one, Greg. I'd have to pray on that one. But I, I can see why that program has you get disconnected from social media. Because I know with me, I have to have my phone with me. Even when I go to bed, it's, it's because I'm worried about the station and I'm always getting people calling about things. But boy, to be able to just disconnect and have that peace... Because there's a jumpiness, I think, that comes That's with like, How long did it take for your hands not to shake? Right <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you. But, it, you know, the, the, the funny thing about it, one of the, the graces that came from all of this is that by giving up these things, you're able to replace them with things that are more important. So, for example, you know, this, giving up the Facebook and giving up watching TV and sports and everything, well, that gave me more time for some spiritual reading. That gave me some more time for prayer. That, you know, I was able to fill my day with things that were getting me closer to God, you know, and that that's really what the whole Exodus part is, is that, you know, the Israelites were part of, you know, in, in slavery, and so it was giving 
getting men or getting the Israelites out of slavery, and that's what it is for men: is that we're slaves to, you know, sometimes sports and sometimes back you know, off social there, buddy. Media we've gone, we've gone there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is Dave Egan. I throw a question at you that sure. I like to generally ask a parish, and it deals with possessions and things that you have. And the big question in the end is, do you own your possession or does it own you? And it seems like this program of having the aestheticism and restraining from a lot of things is asking that exact same question. Yes, it is. I mean, you're, you, you, what you're doing is you're freeing yourself. You know, you're freeing yourself from the possessions of the world and uh, of the earthly world, and you're turning yourself to the possessions of God, which is, you know, ultimately what is all of our goals. So, Dave, you just moved to Tennessee. Did you free yourself from your possessions of 30 years in Gurney, Illinois? <laughs> Actually, there was quite a bit of stuff that we uh, dumped, but then again, we replaced it all down here. But I, um, I just changed the office at Abbey, and I threw a lot of stuff away, and it, it was, even that was freeing, so I, I see what you're talking oh, about. Oh, no, no, it, it definitely is. Um, but one of the things that I have found in my experiences, and it's, a lot of it is the person. You can have someone who has tons of things and they're not tied to any of it. They could just throw it out and it wouldn't make a f- one iota difference in their life. It may be a little more difficult, but you know they wouldn't be heartbroken. Then. You have other people that only have like one possession and they hold it on to the, their, their own life. It's greater privilege to have that possession in their life and that's where the issue comes in with the slavery to owning something well, I found out as I get older my wife is willing to throw anything of mine out <laughs> so it's, it's the other way that I, I, I uh, be, ni- be nice <laughs> <laughs> of course now you have this Exodus 90 program you don't have to move to Tennessee like Dave to get away from Facebook and, and power and electricity and well, all, all that well, one stuff. of the things that was sort of interesting you're saying with Facebook one of the things that I have found myself doing on Facebook, or especially when there's uh, a lot of issues and people are starting to get into some of the political phrase, of stepping back and saying to them, you know, is that really important? You know, or we are the, you know, like some priorities that put a principle or an ethic that overleads their discussion and lets them stop and think about what's the bigger picture. And I think, in a way, that sort of, uh, an evangelization, even a ministry per se, with on social media, having people to get out of the f- typical phrase that they get into, you know, and start thinking about, you know, the greater gifts that they're given and using them. Especially these days, I, I have a few friends that have gone crazy with all the politics stuff nonsense to the point where I now see where I was through them. I'm like, oh, I don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I don't want to be there. So I've I've turned off a lot of that stuff and, and, and walked away. So, so I think that there, it, your your message of freeing ourselves from addictions, which is a you know common message with Jesus, all the addictions in our lives, is 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 something that that we tend to harp on at Lent, but it's something throughout the year. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I think that's kind of cool that you guys picked up on that. The other thing that uh, I really find amazing is. I reacted to an hour of adoration or prayer a day. Mm-hmm. I said, well, where will I find the time? <laughs> and you just answered it, yep. that when you give up things, you really have a lot of time to be with God and a lot of time for prayer. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. That was so, so important. Um, you know, and, and even, you know, even being involved in ministry, the, the, the myself and the two other deacons, um, you know, we always say, well, we should be men of prayer too. But, you know, sometimes we get involved in the, the, the day-to-day operations of the parish and we forget our own spiritual nourishment. And, and again, this is one of the reasons why the three of us went through it is to, to be nourished in that way. Coming up here on our second break here at WSFI 88.5 on your FM dial. We'll be back shortly after two messages. Centuries ago, Italian villagers prayed to St. Joseph to end a famine. Their prayers were answered. A special feast of Thanksgiving was held in commemoration of the saint. Wealthy families prepared huge buffets and invited the less fortunate people of the village, especially the homeless and sick, to dine. This celebration has become a tradition. Today, we continue to thank St. Joseph for our bounty and invite all to come and share a meal with us. Catholic Financial Life Chapter 929 is sponsoring a St. Joseph Table celebration on Friday, March 20th from 4.30 to 6.30 p.m. It will be held at the St. Raphael the Archangel Church Fellowship Hall in the church lower level. The church is located in Old Mill Creek, Illinois. This is free, as in no charge. All are welcome. Proceeds from raffle and door prizes will be donated to St. Vincent de Paul Society. Stations of the Cross will be held at 7 p.m. immediately following the dinner. That's Friday, March 20th, 4.30 to 6.30 p.m. Right to Life, McHenry County, is sponsoring a Silent No More campaign speaking event. It will be held at McHenry County College on Thursday, March 5th from 7 to 8.30 p.m. Three post-abortive women and a husband will share their personal stories of hurt, hope, and healing. In addition, Donna Moore will speak about the methods available to pursue healing from abortion. Come and support these speakers as they make the public aware of the devastation abortion brings. If you know someone affected by abortion or considering abortion, come to learn how you can help. For more information, please call 815-261-8275. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. Here on WSFI 88.5 in your FM dial, Deacon J- Deacon Dave, you have a question. Yeah, there's actually uh, quite a few questions for you, Jim. Um, so you said that you now have the second group that has gone through the program in the parish. On the first group, are you meeting as regularly as you used to, or is that sort of cut down 
as a function of time. No, we actually are meeting um, once a week still um, as a fraternity. There, as I mentioned, there was a couple guys that did drop out. They felt that they were called to do different things, so um, that's okay. But um, the four of us are still meeting. We meet once a week um, at 11 o'clock at the par- in the parish office, and we come together um, and just kind of check in. But as I had said, you know, the asceticism part is kind of relaxed a little bit, so to speak, but that's okay. Um, well, but we're I would actually argue that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, but we're still kind of checking in um, and checking mm-hmm. to see where, where we are. Um, the other part that we've kind of added to it is that um, we have our associate pastor that kind of comes in um, every three meetings or, every th- or so and kind of checks in with us too. So he's able to give us some spiritual insight as well. So it's just not the, the, the four of us meeting. All right, no, that's good. Um, so are you planning on, for, with this second group, when they're through with it, that they will also be joining you to have a uh, slightly larger group if people want to continue it? Or no. are they going to be independently? They, they would be <laughs> independent because as we go through, as you get to ninety day 91, um, there are you can kind of continue so for example now we're in the second part so the the first part after day 90 or starting day 91 was a 21 day period that kind of finished up the book of exodus and then we went into genesis um, and right now we're in the middle of genesis with the second part so it kind of is a continuing thing um the day 91 part so um we're you know we're able to meet um you know once a week with that so so, so what? It sounds like in a way you're having a, a small group sections with it. What's being done to bring all the small groups together so that it is one big church, or is it, or is it the vision more? Is an individual program for the individual groups? I think it's individual for the individual um, group at this point. I think that's the way it's kind of designed. There's really nothing to kind of bring them together other than, you know, the, I mean, once these guys that are going through now get to the day 91, you know, there are certainly common experiences that we can kind of get together and share. Um, we haven't really thought about you know, getting together as a large group, but you know that sounds like a pretty good idea. Just to kind of process the whole the whole program itself. Uh, another question for you: If you were to pick some of the downsides, or, or where would you improve this program? If you were going to just take it from the Exodus program to start your own program, what would you change about it? Well, so the the first thing, um, you know, the, the, a lot of the guys, there's an app that is on your phone that you can download that will actually take you through the 90 days so you don't have to actually buy the book that the part that they they provide for you now the downside the main downside of that is obviously it's an app so you're on your phone to access the app okay so it sounded to us that that was kind of counterproductive also within the app there is what's called a fraternity chat. Now, the fraternity chat is, you know, kind of is suppo- is supposed to be used for. It's like texting. It's like texting, <laughs> exactly what it's like. And so, what winds up happening is, you know, this fraternity chat, you know, you can start to get into lengthy posts within the fraternity chat about, well, you know, this is what this is really should be, and so on. So, but. 
being a fraternity, we're able to police ourselves and kind of say, hey, you know, are we really, are we really staying true to what the whole idea of the fraternity chat is? So would you take it out? You know, I would take it out, yes. If, it, if, if I was the designer of this program, I would take it out, um, you know, because it's just so tempting when you get your phone to go into the app to then go into other apps that are on your phone as well. So, um, yeah, I would definitely take it out. Do they recommend a particular maximum size of the group and what would be a minimum size? I mean, I think there has to be some, I guess, good level for the number of people they really want to have together. I think the minimum really is four um, because, as I mentioned before, we were talking about anchors and you really need to pair up with an anchor. Um, so minimum would be four. I think the maximum for that they recommend is eight um, so right now the group that we have going through at the parish is at six. So, um, you know, it's kind of a small group faith community. And because the meetings themselves, the fraternity meetings, are only supposed to last a half an hour, having more people in the room, you know, it w- you wouldn't be able to get around and have everyone share in that particular time. Okay. Now, I was also thinking of like some of the – was a, been a couple programs at like St. Joseph's and um, in Libertyville and um, St. Paul's in uh, Gurney where they had a men's group that was um, – especially during Lent that would be meeting – but I think it was like I think it was like six th- seven o'clock on a Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. You know, the coffee and donuts and all of that sort of fun stuff, and they would have these large discussions with that. And it was just it was sort of interesting that a lot of the core central issues that everybody was dealing with were the same in all the small groups. And is that what you have sort of found within you know without you know going into real details that people were having the the same issues, maybe different flavors of them, kind but of the same structure issues. Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, you know, w- one of the things that we talked about um, a lot during our time together, you know, was again just just you know how does a uh, how does a man who's working in the business world or working even in a parish, you know, how do they get away to pray? You know, um, you know how how does a how does a man who is maybe providing for his family and taking the train down town every day and you know doing all the things maybe running back and forth to sporting events with the kids how do you find the time for god um and so those were some of the things that were coming up um in our group you know that you know that they're trying to carve out that particular time um the other thing is you know how how do you take how does how does a man take care of himself so how does he find time to exercise how do you find time to eat right when you're running in 50 different directions sometimes so you know that's yeah it's it those are some of the core core things that came up for sure so, so do those core issues come up because of the aestheticism or are those are the core issues that would come up independent of giving those up? I think that it, it came up from the asceticism. I think the asceticism forcing us to kind of sacrifice and kind of give away some of the things that we're kind of holding on to um, kind of, you know, said, you know, kind of had men say to themselves, boy, you know, this is really something that's kind of been making me a slave to, to myself and to you know, kind of keeping me away from God. Okay, so the, in a way, from what you're saying, that's where spiritual direction could actually just come in and, you know, hopefully get you to the same point. Right, right. 
And that was the advantage of having our associate pastor there too, is that he was able to kind of challenge us and kind of say, okay, you know, outside of the fraternity, he would be able to say, okay, this is something that you should really consider. So that was good. So whether it's Christ Renews My Parish, This Man Is You, whatever the program it is, um, Alpha mm-hmm. in particular, people ask, what's next? Mm-hmm. What's year two? You have Exodus, you have 40 years to, for this program here that you have to have to wander the desert in. What 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 is next for you? What is next? I mean, obviously besides starting up other programs, getting men, what is the, the next step? You've done Alpha, you've done a little bit, at, you know, start put things in. What's year two like? What's 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 the what's the the plan going forward? Well, I think you know many, much of the asceticism part is very Catholic, um, and so part of this whole thing of, of you know I, I really don't look at Exodus a lot a lot of times as a program, but I look at it more as a change of the way of the way that you live your life. And if you change the way that you live your life and you practice the asceticism and you practice the deeper prayer and you do all of those things, you know, you're changing your life. And so it's something that can continue for many years. It's not something that's going to have an end part. So you... uh we mentioned a little bit again, but but who who started this program? Who's the who the people behind? It? Is it a Catholic program? It's a Catholic it? program. Um, the gentleman I, that that started it is Nathaniel Biversey. Um, he is the author and director of mission, um, and our deacon James Even. He was the one that just received the advertisement from them one day and said that this is something that they would that we would like to try. I I have heard that this program is being used in many other parishes. So this is we you know it's, it's not us. So um, I don't know about parishes in our area, but sure. I I you know we have heard kind of a, a groundswell of of How many years have going this been through. going on? Um, that I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. When when did you how long did it take to start from when you got the literature to say oh yeah I'll try it well for me for me I was I had to discern a, about a three or four day period because he was looking for people <laughs> to go into it um, he had the the literature on his desk for over a year so he looked at it last year and he thought well maybe this is not something that we so, can do this so year so we have Jim on the, the show we'll ask him if the procrastination is gone <laughs> with the assistant. that's right to ask you a question one of the, the co-founders uh, a co-founder executive director um, started it in 2015 but okay. it may have been slightly changed before that that's when the White Sox were tanking now that they're good <laughs> I mean it's just, I don't know <laughs> so so What's different about Jim Miner today? 120 days or night, whatever you are. What, what, what's what would you say is what would your wife tell us is, is different about you? Well, um, my wife would definitely say that you know that I'm more spiritual. That I have spent more time with her. I've spent more time present to my family um you know even in the midst of ministry and you know as deacons you know we're always called to our first sacrament which is marriage um and you know before holy orders and you know sometimes in ministry especially when we work full-time in a parish like i do you know you have a tendency to kind of drift away from your family so after all these years is your family happy about that you're back or are they they're they're, (laughs) they are definitely happy that i'm back yes yes and the fact that i'm healthier and you know, then I'm taking care of myself better. That's always a good thing. Does hair start growing back if you're on this program? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> unfortunately. Dang, dang. <laughs> Give me a reason. I'm on white socks. I don't get hair. I don't know why. <laughs> so, what do you think, Deacon Mike? You going to join us? You going to start this program? I, I will need about three or four days to think about this. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Dave? Um, 
I actually would not. And probably the biggest thing, the reason why, is the aesthetic discipline behind it. I can understand a lot of it, but to give up everything, um, I don't know if that discipline is necessary for me to get closer to God. And how do you find I would really have to think and pray about that. I mean, there's, that, there's certain some things I would say that, yes, I should definitely put on the list. But to give up all of them, I mean, I think of like one of the heresies from the early church history, did Jesus on his clothes? And you're a bigger baseball fan than I am, so I would... Yes. No, I, I mean, that's just sort of you know, a question. It's like, if, if there's something that I have as a possession that is stopping me getting closer to God, then without question, it should go. Isn't that a real Catholic answer, though? I mean, if, if this is not the program for you, that's okay. There's other programs. I mean, there's, 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 there's other exactly. flavors. Yeah, I mean, for, I mean there's, there's Franciscan I mean, Ignatian. There's been, you know, all the different spiritualities. I, I think that's important point that Dave brings up, that if it's not a program for you, that's okay. But the answer is not you don't get to do nothing. Right. right, you still have to go find a program for you. Maybe come volunteer yeah. at WSFI with, with, with and then help Angela out a little bit over here. But the, you know, the answer is find your spirituality but and keep go looking. on your journey. But I mean, that's looking, the whole. Yes. That's the main thing is that you're. You know, we're all on our faith journey. And I have to tell you, I mean, you know, that when when the second group was starting up, um, you know, there were some men that were discerning that you know that maybe possibly getting into it, and they said no. I it's it wasn't for them. It wasn't for them maybe at this time, or maybe it's not for them forever. You know, and that's okay. Um, you know, but there's. I think as parishes, you know, we need to provide these different paths. For for people, you know, and and kind of help them along. So, you know, right now at our parish, like I mentioned, we have our Christ Who News Parish group, and then we have Exodus. Um, but you know, we need to be looking at other at, at, at other things as well. So, one last question: We are almost run out of town here. You've given up everything. So, what do you do for Lent? You know, that's that's always. <laughs> we were talking about that at our last fraternity meeting. You know, we said, "Boy, that we our advantage was that we went through during, you know, during Advent during Advent time, and so you know we had to give up things, you know, leading up to Christmas. So what are we going to do for Lent? And you know, I I really haven't really thought that much about it. So uh, to be honest with well, you, Deacon Jim, it was a joy having you with us. We Thank really you. appreciate your participation, Deacon Mike. Would you take us out in a prayer? In the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Lord Jesus, thank you for this uh, uh, excellent discussion and help us uh, do our discernment as far as asceticism is concerned. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 <laughs> Take care, everybody.